welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast. This is a super special podcast episode because I have with me one of my dearest friends. She is a phenomenal personal trainer, but not only that, she is a personal trainer who teaches personal trainers how not to suck. And this is so important in our world of diet culture, in our world of just getting back to that consistency of movement because movement is so important in our lives and having that consistent movement, whether it's walking or strength training, whatever it might be, Betsy is the woman to know here. So tell our listeners who you are, where you come from, and your main goal in your business world right now. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christy, for having me. It's a pleasure. I've had such a great time sort of watching what you do and then getting to meet you. And I knew just like what your, what your mission is, is so aligned with what I am doing. So I'm a personal trainer by trade. Um, I've been doing it for almost 13 years now. Um, and have worked in a variety of settings, commercial gym settings, private gym settings, working on my own. And I continue to coach um, clients online and um, through virtual programming. And then I work with personal trainers to do exactly what Christy said, not suck. So if you don't know much about personal training education, it's really, really limited. There is a typically just like one test you take and a textbook you read, and then you're given free reign as a personal trainer. And there's a lot that just can't be covered in that textbook. And there's a lot of nuance we understand with exercise, with nutrition, how we view our bodies, how we view strength. That's really important and honestly just isn't covered. So that's what I'm working to do. Make a army, so to speak, of better trainers who can better serve people to create long, sustainable health habits that support their lives rather than steal from them um, and and just become the best advocates and supporters of their clients they can be. Oh, I love that. There's too many. I can remember going to a, a workout class one time, Betsy, and this Oh my gosh. I'll never forget this in my entire life. It was a group training workout class. Oh my gosh. This had to have been like 15, 20 years ago. And she goes, okay, ladies, come on. And you know, we're doing, um, TRX things, whatever it is, body weight stuff. And she goes, you want to get into that bikini? She goes, come on. I want you to, you, you got to want that lean body. You got to get rid of all that fluff around your stomach and all that fluff around your, your butt. And I'm just like in my head, this is like what I grew up with. Right. I, as a woman, I mean, we all grew up with that. Okay. We're only valuable if we look small or if we get into that bikini and you know, time to get summer ready, or this is our hot girl summer. That's like a totally new thing. But, uh, yes. It's just so ingrained in our brain. So Betsy, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I know I get from my clients, but also from my listeners. How do you, as a personal trainer, go about, you know, teaching your clients that it's, it's not about how you really look. It's about how you feel. And it's about, you know, if you do, you know, you have those goals, you know, everybody wants to lift heavier. Everybody wants to get stronger, but how do you separate 
you know, I, I want to push away the scale and I really just want to focus on getting stronger. Everybody says that, but how do you push that away? How do you truly like separate the body image part from like your actual goal of getting stronger or to work out more, feel better? Yeah, that's a tricky one, but something that takes time and it takes, you know, directed attention and focus on. So like you said, a lot of clients are coming in with that history of this is what I've learned about the value of my body, particularly women. This is what I've learned that the gym is for. This is what my goals should be. And so there's like a lot of unlearning to do in that What I most often teach personal trainers to do, as well as what I'm working with my own clients on, is creating a body neutral space in our training sessions. So we're not, um, you know, it's really important for me not to comment on my clients' bodies. It's really important for them to be using neutral language about their bodies in the training space, which is really important. We start to shift the goals from these body image focus goals with words around those kinds of goals into performance goals or quality of life goals. And, and I think it's also important that we realize like, even when we know that we want this for our clients, sometimes they're still coming in with these ideas, these, these weight loss, um, ideas about their value and things like that. And so I think it's about making a safe space to listen, not shaming anybody for having that because we realize you learned it from somewhere and instead sort of being an example for them of this is how I like to think about personal training. This is how I view exercise. You know, I never make comments about my own body in front of a client because I want them to see a an example of how they can really create this like nourishing relationship with movement, with strength, with nutrition. I love that. And I love that performance goal, how you said, all right, instead of focusing on the weight, the number on the scale going down, focus on performance. Like I've seen you do, cause I love your Instagram. <laughs> I've seen you do like 20 pull-ups in a row, like unassisted. And I'm like, damn, this girl is good. Like she's awesome. But again, like it took you time to get there. It's this yeah. kind of how I t- teach my clients, you know, you want to get to that point to where you don't binge anymore. Well, I'm not going to just, you know, you're not going to come in the first day at the gym and just lift, you know, deadlift 200 pounds. Like you're going to have to start working on form. And then you're going to eventually, once you work on form, do dumbbells and then eventually get the bar, you know, maybe some bands and then start adding on weight. But, but that's the hardest part is we just want to get to the outcome. <laughs> we just want the ooey gooey stuff, right? Right. We want to be where you are right now, like doing those 20 pull-ups in a row and just being a badass, right? So I, I love that. So that performance, like breaking it up and saying, all right, first I'm going to get to my first assisted pull-up with bands, right? And then maybe working up to one and then and then three and things like that to get to that point. I love that. So let me ask you this. Let's say a lot of my clients are really looking to make movement and my listeners in general they want to make movement a consistent part of their lives. Like they just want to make movement a lifestyle. What would be your, your best advice for somebody who comes to you? They're like, listen, Betsy, I want to start like becoming a badass. I want to just lift. I want to get stronger. What's the first step in making that a true lifestyle and making that consistent? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first piece of advice I would say is start small. So start with what you think, start with almost what you know you can do. And it feels, it almost feels too small to even make the commitment to, because when we're going beyond what we're a hundred percent or 90% capable of what we're doing, we just have more room for for sort of falling off or things getting in the way. And that's life. The way we build sustainable fitness, sustainable nutrition practices into our life is doing it one tiny, tiny step at a time. And like you said before, right, we want that end result. We want to rush to the end. The challenge with that is when we rush and we get it, sometimes we only then can keep it for a very short amount of time. Um, and we want something that's going to last long. We want something, again, that's not going to take away from our lives, but actually add to it. So if it's causing you stress, if it's causing you like, I don't get to do all the things I like to do in my life because I'm going to the gym for these many hours because I have to, we've got to take a step back and ask ourselves, is this worth it? And is this how I want to incorporate this into my life? I love that answer. I, I was literally thinking about this the other day because I'm like, Christy, I love playing tennis now, but I, the only reason I can play tennis is because I stepped back from strength training at 4.30 a.m. every single day. Yeah. And I think, oh, but I, if I get, you know, that's that, that, that like ooey gooey, like outcome that I'm like, ooh, but I could be so much stronger and I could be way better at tennis if I strength train. So I'm like, all right, Christy, I did this like a couple months ago, right? Because we all kind of fall back into these little things every now and then. I'm, all right, I'm going to get my workout plan together five days a week. I'm going to do it before tennis and da, da, da. And I'm like, First week, I'm like, Christy Brown, what did you do? I'm like, you did exactly what you tell your clients not to do because I, I was that all or nothing. Well, if I can't get in five days, then why even do it, right? That's my split. That's how I do it. And it's just like, oh, Christy, no, 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 no. So it's going back to that. All right, what's the most important thing right now? First of all, mobility, making sure I'm not getting hurt because, gosh, I put my arm through my coat the other day and like pulled something I'm getting old. You know what I mean? Just like things aren't the way they used to be. So I... Right. Exactly. So, and I love that you, you touched on that, you know, that all or nothing mentality. And that's where we fall into when we, when we have that outcome that we just, ah, we want to attack it. Right. So I love that. It's the, the start small. Nobody wants to start small, but that's, that's where all, all the, the treasure is, right. That's, that's where all the gold is. Like that's where the consistency lies is in that small thing. Prove to yourself, you know, you, Christy, you could get one day of strength training in first. And even when I started doing that, it was so damn hard to get even one day in that week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, as a mom, right? Uh, you're a mom of two beautiful girls. And speaking of that, I did want to dive into this a little bit more. You're a mom. Uh, you have a full-time business that you run yourself. You have two young girls. What are their ages again? Uh, 18 months and five years old. Oh, so <laughs> cute. So here's the thing I wanted to ask you, and this is for everybody that has kids. Again, I have two boys, so it's a little bit different, but still kind of the same. You have two girls. You know how you grew up, you know, in the world of, of diet culture, everything like that. But tell me why, you know, you, you kind of aligned your business and not to where how your body necessarily looks like, yeah, that might be the 10%. That might be the cherry on top. That's kind of like that cool part, but also like, what's the main goal that you want, you know, your kids to see, what can you tell the listeners that are listening right now that, you know, working out not for the body, but do it for your kids so they can see what, like, what is it you're, you're hoping your kids can see from this? Yeah. You know, uh, it, 
with girls in particular, it feels like there's a lot at stake when you're, when you're making your own decisions about your nutrition and about your exercise. And when it comes to my business and how I show up as a personal trainer, but also in my own workouts, what I'm trying to show my daughters is that I am here to take up space to achieve great things, to um, challenge myself, to push myself, and to feel good. I have tons of energy when I play with them. I can run and keep up. I can get up and down quickly. And it's because of exercise. And so we're, you know, both my husband and I are really, um, really intentional about the words we use around movement and food in our house. And it's about sort of what can we add to our lives with this? You know, I feel strong because of this workout. I want to go work out, not I have to go work out, not it's a punishment for me. Um, my older daughter is like, she got, a. Uh, a Louisa doll from Encanto. I don't know if you know the movie, but the strong character and like she and the and the Barbie is shaped differently. She's shaped like a strong, different bot, like a bigger body, and um, it's like it's awesome because she says, "Oh, mom, this is your favorite," and you know she connects it together. She sees that when she's asking about are you going to the gym, she knows that it's because I'm going because I like to do it, and I feel like. All I'm doing is giving this like really special gift to them that I hope will, will, I, there's going to be a lot out in the world sort of fighting that, but they're getting this at home right now in an attempt to, um, to help them live their best lives. Oh, Betsy, I'm like tears starting to flow. I'm like, yes, yes, you go, you go. Like, I, I really hope anybody who, who's listening right now, you, you take that to heart, what she just said, because those kids are such sponges right now. And, and even if they're in their teens, whatever it is, your words, your actions will become theirs. And whatever you say to yourself in the mirror, you know, oh, why did I eat that? I'm so bad. Or come on, now I have to go work out because I ate that today. Your kids are going to have that. So, you know, this is how the best quote I ever heard. It's, it's, you know, our, our parents lived through it we can break it so our kids can live free from it. And I think that is something, like you said, it's a gift. It's a gift that we can give our kids to show them that I don't just work out because back in the 80s, 90s, it was all about working out, you know, to lose weight and to do that. And then we grew up in that era. So that was just just who we were. All right. Yeah, got to do that. And we were never good enough. Right. I, I'll never forget. I never knew one woman in, in my entire life growing up that liked her body. Even um, one of uh, my mom's friends or something like that, I thought she was like the most gorgeous person in the world. And she goes, oh, no, this, that, la, la, la. And I'm like, well, if she's not perfect, what did I, there's no way I could even be perfect. Like, exactly. Oh. So there's comparison on a different level there, which our kids pick up on, right? Well, mom, you know, did that. So I have to do it, you know, in order to be loved and liked and to get a husband like mom has that loves me, I got to be this, that ABC. So, you know, thank, thank God there's people out there like you that are teaching your kids that it's not about how you look. It's about how you feel. Like you said, you have that energy to go play with your kids. I mean, half the time you said quality of life. That's a big thing that stuck with me when you talked about that. Like, I, I just want my better quality of life. I want to be able to take that laundry basket up the stairs without huffing and puffing. I want to be able to run after my kids and go play with them without being like, hold on, mommy needs a break. Like, <gasps> right? so now tell me, I, I would love to dive in a little bit more about your 
you know, your history growing up and tell us you were in the, the dance life, which, whoo, okay, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big monster itself right there. Um, tell us a little bit about that kind of from the beginning, uh, what you learned there, the thought process, things like that. Yeah, I was, I, I grew up in the dance world, loved dancing, loved movement. And I, what I will say for my parents is I feel like in a lot of ways they created this environment for me. So I felt a bit blissfully unaware of how people viewed their bodies until I hit my teens, early twenties, getting into that space of, oh, people are making judgments about their own bodies. They're making judgments about other bodies, particularly in like a performance space where the, in a ballet world where people are like competing to eat the least almost um, and not giving back to their bodies. It was a hard place to be. And I struggled with exercise obsession, mostly um, in that I, I couldn't work out enough. I couldn't do enough to feel like I was earning, quote unquote, earning the things that I was eating. Um, and, and I, that like never sat well with me. I could tell there was something that wasn't right about it, but it was sort of the cycle and the world I was in. I later then, like, because I liked going to the gym so much, I, I saw these personal trainers working with people of like a variety of different ages, a variety of different body sizes. And I thought to myself, like, there's something there. There's something that I have a passion for that I think I could, I could help somebody discover something about themselves. And that's kind of how I landed on it. And then I was able to take all of that experience, all of that understanding of like, this is how I heard people talking about their bodies. This is how I heard people talking about their food and just kind of dove into learning how we could break that cycle more and how we could find ways where exercise is now not a punishment. Exercise now is not a, a trade-off for food, but something that is adding, you know, uh, increased strength to our lives, increased longevity, less aches and pains. Like you said, I'm getting older and I'm noticing, <laughs> but I know that I am I'm doing my part to help me feel better as long as I possibly can. And like you said, like the feeling of walking into a gym or, or setting up your gym at home and being able to do something that is a little harder than it, that like was harder last week and is easier this week, or is something that you were waiting to be able to do. What a cool thing. And I've been able to help people do that. Like great job. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. I, I love that. So I'm curious, tell me, you said you were in this over-exercising kind of place where you were like, I can't stop. I can't, and I, I understand that I was, I was there too. It's, uh, it's, it's scary. It's very scary because gaining one pound is the scariest thing alive for you. I mean, that means failure. That means, you know, people are going to look at you and you couldn't be the the personal trainer who got fat. Like, oh no, you can't do that. Like that's, you know, you're in this box. People need to see you in this box, right? And then if they look outside the box, it's like, oh no, 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 these are all my flaws. You don't want to see that. Look, look in here, but this is where I want you to look, right? right. We always 
force people to look in that box. So tell me, how did you make that transition? And even if, again, if you're listening and you're like, I don't have a problem with over-exercising, like da da da, I wish, you know, I, I could start exercising. It's the same thing, just in a different extreme, right? So tell us how you took that, like, just level of viciousness with your body, with just the, the punishment for what you ate the night before, or um, how you couldn't work out enough. How did you transition from that to who you are now? Because those are two completely different people. Yeah. You know, I think in all honesty, I think it was complete burnout. So I got to the point where I, my body physically couldn't keep up at the pace that I was trying to make it keep up. And in that moment, I burnt out. I lost this thing that I loved doing because I did too much of it. And then I was sedentary, maybe for a year and mm -hmm. a half, not moving. I fell into a cycle of like, I can't get out of feeling terrible that I won't be able to do as much as I did last time. And so why even start? There was a lot of a why even get back into it. This will never be enough. And in all honesty, discovering strength training was a big part of that. Um, and discovering sort of like goal oriented. I think one of my big steps back into a regular consistent exercise habit was I was training for a race. I don't really run anymore, but at the time I was running and I was like, okay, if I have a day where I'm going to have this goal, I know that I, in order to achieve that goal, I've got to do a little bit every week. But if I do too much this week, I'll knock myself out for the next week and I won't be able to train. And so it was a lesson in moderation, a lesson in minimal effective dose. So what's like the amount that I can do that will move the needle, but not make me miserable? And honestly, what will make this fun again? And you know, now mm. I'm at the point... I think that was probably, yeah, 12 years ago. I look forward, and this may be, I, I'm not saying that this has to be the way people are, because I might be an anomaly in some of these ways, but I look forward to my workouts almost exclusively. But it's because the expectation there is for joy, for fun. Like, I want this to be my hobby, not the thing that, like, has to, I don't want to just have to check a box. I love that. So, and then if you can, or I, I don't know if you've experienced this, or maybe you have clients that have experienced this, you know, flip yourself around. And now you're the person who's trying to work out. You're, you're trying to get back into that just even three times a week, whatever it is, you know, you don't want to make this just a check the box thing. You know, you don't want to make this just to check the box. You don't want to like, you want to do exactly what you're doing, which is for joy. What are maybe some of the steps to help you get there? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that I have so many clients who feel there's a lot of guilt around, oh, I can't get this right yet. One, I would encourage you to let the guilt go. We're all on like a never ending journey with this. There's no done point. We're figuring out what works with our lives right now. And like, if you have young children, your availability and your energy is going to be different than if you are retired with, you know, some extra time on your hands or your kids are out of the house and you have a little more availability, something like that. A college student has a different schedule. So we're, we're thinking about like the realistic things that are, that we're able to do. 
committing to a small start. So what, what can I do this week? Focusing on the wins and, and the wins at the beginning are showing up. Hey, I did get in two times this week. Those are two like awesome wins. Um, and then also being okay with needing accountability. So that's sometimes what a personal trainer is there for, or what, uh, you know, purchasing a program online is for or something. Sometimes we just need a little extra help and we may not need it forever. And, and in a lot of areas of your life, I always say to people like, I'm a personal trainer and I don't necessarily need accountability like on working out, but if you could be accountable to me, uh, hold me accountable for cleaning my house, that would be great. Cause that's not my skill set. <laughs> And it is something that I am always putting off. So it's okay that we all have sort of like different needs in terms of how to incorporate this in our lives. So starting small, celebrating wins, and then asking for help when we need help. I love that. I love that. And like, it sounds so, I don't want to say this in a way, but I'm just going to say it, lowering your expectations, right? That you're not the same person you were five, 10 years ago when you did those things. You know, everybody says, well, I used to do this and I just want to get back to that. And I always ask, okay, how many years ago was that? They're like, well, it was like you know, five, 10 years ago. I'm like, are you the same person you were then? They're like, no. I'm like, do you wear your hair the same? Do you like the same music? Do you wear the same clothes? Hell no. Like we change, we grow. And, and a lot of times we're so scared to change new goals because what if it's not good enough? What if it's not strong enough? No, I need more. I still have so far to go. I need to just jumpstart and go crazy now so that I can, you know, then I'll start maintaining. But really when has that ever worked? Exactly. So it's, it's, it's just that nobody wants to start slow, but that's, that's like the secret sauce, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Like starting with that just one day a week, but now you've created that time out of your schedule to say, no, this is the day that I always do this. Well, now that you've done one, maybe you can do another or break that up. And I think too, like not even just the time frame. like you don't even need to spend 40 minutes in the gym. Shoot. If you got 10, like do that dry shampoo your hair, like half the time for women. It's like, if I, okay, even if I do a 10 minute workout, Christy, I still got a shower afterward. I got to blow dry my hair. I'm like, give yourself permission to not do that. <laughs> like give yourself a little horse bath, like triangle, whoop, 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 you know, like <laughs> get it all done. And then, and then give yourself that permission to just like go. Yeah. yeah. So even walking on the treadmill, that's one of the things like my, my two goals this year, it's like, I'm going to drink or I'm going to eat more vegetables. Like, cause I love vegetables and make me feel good. And I'm going to take my dog for more walks. Like mm. that's kind of like something so simple, but it's like, it's something that would make me feel better and make my dog feel better. You know, those little things. And it, as much as I would love to start, you know, 4 30 AM every morning, I got the time I, I was doing it when I had two in diapers. And now that my kids are, you know, out of diapers and in school, I got plenty of time in the morning, but that's not the lifestyle that I want right now. You know, I just, I just yeah. don't want that anymore. And it, it doesn't make me, um, any less worth health. It doesn't make me, you know, and I think that's what we have to give ourselves that permission for is that it's okay if we don't want what we wanted back then, or, you know, mm-hmm. those types of things. So, um, it's so important, Betsy, like what you do and the kind of personal trainer that you are, because, there's not many personal trainers out there that do what you do, that preach what you preach, that give people like us permission to just be ourselves and to do what we want to do. And sometimes the goals that we have aren't really our goals. They're the goals we think we have to have. Exactly. So um, if you could help our clients out, let's say they're like, all right, Betsy's getting me real excited. I want to go back to the gym. I do want to do this in a consistent way. 
what are some things they could either, you know, reach out to their gym? Obviously they could reach out to you, but what are the, some of the things you would tell them to look for in a personal trainer when you, when you do find one? Great question. Um, most gyms have a, have a sort of setup where you can do a complimentary session with a personal trainer. And so I would speak to somebody at the gym, or if you find somebody on Instagram or something, it's a little bit different, but what you want to do is get time to talk to them. I think there's a lot you can tell in a conversation with someone about how they approach exercise, about how they approach nutrition. I would say, you know, credentials are great. And I think it's helpful to look for, um, you know, certainly certified personal trainers, but there can be a lot of variety, uh, variability in that. And so in, instead, I'm, I'm probably more focused on finding someone who makes you feel comfortable, who makes you feel like they have your interests at heart and not their agenda, who are, you know, very, uh, very selective with their word choices around how they're going to help you get to your goals. And I would also encourage you to not settle for the first personal trainer that somebody sets. If you're going to a gym and you get set up with a trainer and you don't like their whole energy, maybe they're um, pushing you too hard or the, the language is really negative or there is a lot of earn this or, you know, punishment sort of um, language feeling around the way that they're speaking with you, I would encourage you to see if you can try with somebody else. Because I think sometimes we get one taste of a bad taste in our mouth from somebody who doesn't have all the information and who isn't focused on the kind of training we want. And it, and it spoils it. It really spoils it. I think um, if you're finding somebody online, a lot of people's Instagram or website is going to have that sort of disclaimer or language in what they do. And that'll be really a great indicator of whether or not they're going to give you the kind of training you're looking for. I love that. I always thought a good personal trainer, the best way I'd ever had, he knew how to push me when I need to be pushed, but he knew when to back off when I needed to. And I think it's just from learning people, right? You just, yeah. once you work with a client for so long, you just start to know them. Kind of like your hairdresser. You're just like, I do the thing that you do. <laughs> exactly. And that's why when your hairdresser moves, you're like considering moving too. You never want to lose the hairdresser. Oh, it's so true. Well, Betsy, I, I'm going to ask what everybody has on their mind right now. How can they learn more about you? How uh, do you have anything going on right now? How what would it be like to work with you? Yeah. So, um, I, you can find me on Instagram at foster underscore strength. Um, my website is the letter B foster strong.com. So B foster strong.com. Um, so I, ha I offer, courses and um, webinars for personal trainers or people that are thinking about being personal trainers. A lot of people who get into exercise or get into nutrition stuff, they discover that they might, once they have changed their outlook, may want to change other people's outlook. And I help career changers in that a lot. Um, but I also run a program called Foster Fit, and it is a virtual um, training program 
where everybody gets their workouts, personalized workouts through an app, and then they check in with me. So that's a great way if you're interested in working as a personal training client, I open spots for that sometimes um, as they're available. Wonderful. And, and if you do, that's so true. How sometimes you fall in love with this, exactly what you and I did, right? We were just, we fell in love with what we did and we were like, we got to let other people know about this, (laughs) but I love it. But so, and then if they did want to work with you one-on-one just as a client, they could do that as well. Right. Yes, exactly. So I do online sessions or I do these like, uh, programs for people virtually. Oh, I love that. I love that. So if, um, you know, for everybody who's listening right now, if you can't find a a personal trainer that you enjoy, that somebody that like Betsy said, just, you don't get that good, feel good butterfly feeling about, uh, make sure you contact Betsy. She's, she's such a sweetheart. She's generally, she's genuinely like this in real life too. I promise you. And she gives the best hugs, but also, you know, she's, you do, I loved it. But also she's, she's that woman in your life. That's going to give you that push forward, that gentle nudge, that push that you need, but also she's going to know, you know, when to, you know, pull back. She's going to, she's going to be that person that will really help you in your life, stay consistent and hold you accountable. So I highly recommend, even if, um, you know, go to her Instagram and all of her links are going to be in my show notes below this episode as well, because she is somebody you definitely want to keep in your back pocket. Uh, her, some of her Instagram reels are hilarious too. Like, I just love some of them. You just, um, you know, every time I watch, I'm like, I want to go work out now. Like you just, you give me this feel good feeling around working out and not this like, gotta do it for the muscles and you know, everything like that. So it's, it's such a feel good feel. So thank you for all that you do. And Betsy, thank you so much for joining joining us on this podcast. You're an incredible guest and, you know, hopefully we can have you on again, but, um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say to my client, you know, listeners, anybody else, anything, any last words you'd like to say? No, I, well, I'll say thank you for having me. I love the work that you do. Anybody that's listening, you know, you are already taking these huge steps to, to changing things for yourself. And you, you deserve that. You deserve all of these like wonderful, nourishing things in your life. Please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Anybody that's listening, because even if I can't, if I'm not the right fit for you, um, I'm happy to help you find somebody, you know, we all just have to work together. We're all just kind of creating a network of support. And I want you to know that you have it and you have it in Christy, obviously. Um, you're so like, you're a champion of people. You're a champion, um, of other women. So thank you for having me. Oh, awesome, Betsy. We, like you said, I love that. We're, we're just a big net of support here. We're, we're a great community. And that's why anybody who I bring on onto this podcast, you can bet that they're going to have the same ideals and the visions of, of that neutral body space because health is not in a look, it's in a state of mind, right? It's, it's not in how you look, it's how you feel. It's how you, you portray yourself, how you act, how you take care of yourself. So Betsy, thank you for giving us that just incredible encouragement to take care of ourselves, to do it for our quality of life, to have those performance goals, um, and to just break them down into smaller pieces. I think this is such valuable information. And, you know, with you being a mom and having girls, of, uh, of your own, it's so important that we take this and, and, instill this into the next generation that, you know, our bodies are containers. We, we have to take care of them. We absolutely have to take care of them, but 
you know, overdoing it on either extreme is not taking care of your body. So uh, thank you again, Betsy, for being here. This was just so incredible. And for everybody else, thank you for listening. And until next time, my friends, Intuitively Strong out. 